You know, a couple weeks ago, we had a little cross up here. Ashley had the, had the service, and we had everybody come up and write down some of these things that we want to be praying about, some of these things that we want to put before God. And in this time of prayer and fasting, I felt that it would be good that if we would touch on some of these, if not all of these, because we're seeking answers from God. Let me read some of these things that, we, that was on, pasted to that cross, taped to that cross. Was One was whether or not to be mean to people. Huh. Or to be nice to people. These are things that you guys wrote, and there's nothing wrong with any of this. You know why? Because this is a plus. This is a positive thing. You see, whenever there's something wrong and you're not willing to say there's something wrong, then a fix will never come. This is a good thing. God, I see this in my life, and I need help with it. Friends, that's a healthy church. Looking in the mirror and say, ooh, that ain't good, and I need help with this. So that's what we're talking about. That's what we're praying about. So you pray about these. You don't have to know who they are. I don't even know who they are. They just wrote it down and put it up there. Okay? Obedience was one of the things. Bitterness. Humility. Gossip. Complaining. Judging. Anger. Selfishness. Guilt. Fear of failure. Anger toward family. Hurt. Jealousy. Resentment. Being a slave to fear, comparing, negativity, worry, peace with the past, pride, self-righteousness, doubt, forgiving, accepting others, lust. And the last one, I saved this one for last because this goes right along with what we're going to do today. Somebody wrote, God knows. Can I tell you something, friend? He absolutely does know. He absolutely knows whether we have looked in the mirror, whether we have let the word come in and look at us and, and compare ourselves with that word, letting us see. God already knows whether we see it or not. Amen? And yet he is still loving and he's still working on us. He's still holding us in the palm of his hand. He's gave us everything that we need to be overcomers. But we're going to talk about one today that seems to be a big one. And it's something called worry. Don't we do some worrying? Come on, say amen so we can stay in with church and be good, okay? We worry. We worry. We gather around people and we talk about, we, we throw the yeah but in there when we talk about worry. On how to be an overcomer. Yeah but. There is no yeah but. Yeah, but is the crutch that we put over that says we get to keep worrying. The yeah, but has to go. Do you understand what I just said? Yeah, but. Go this way. Yeah, but. There is no yeah, buts. Yeah, buts are crutches, and we need to tear them up. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. I call this message the father factor, y'all, because... We're going we're gonna to get into this pretty, pretty good. I hope this morning, I hope it helps. Verse 25, Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Now these words are wrote in red. That means Jesus said them. I don't know how they know. God ain't done nothing to change it, so we're going to go with that. It's, good, it's a good word right here. 
Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. For what, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what, will you, what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value of, of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even in Sol even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For, these, for after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Folks, worry is serious. The ignorant, they worry because they don't know better. Ignorance means you don't know. Well, the smart, they worry because they know too much. Am I right? They do. They, they know too much and therefore they can see the future. They, they know what can happen. Well, I know. So they, they worry. So the ignorant, they worry because they don't know enough. And the smart worry because they know too much. And the rich worry because they're afraid they're going to lose what they have. And the poor, they worry because they ain't got anything. And the old, they worry because it's about time to die. And the young, they worry because they don't know what the future holds. Am I speaking truth just now? Now saying amen doesn't mean that it's okay. It just shows the state of human beings. And therefore, worry, it is serious business. Worry divides our mind. Did you know that? It distracts us. In James chapter eight, chapter one of verse eight, he says, "He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. How can you have faith and trust in God and worry too? That means you're double-minded, and it distracts you. It takes away, and therefore you can't function properly. Now, Ken, if you're cutting hay and all of a sudden the blades on your cutter quit working, now you can continue to drive around in the field, but will you get the hay cut?" No, part of the machine's working and part of it's not. That's what worry does. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So it divides us. It divides our minds. It distracts us. We can be thinking on the things of God and then all of a sudden we can start worrying about something. And where is your mind gone now? You're not talking about and thinking about God. You're worrying about how am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Do we have enough of this? Do we have enough of that? Folks, we got a storm that's coming. 
you realize that it's a good chance we're going to lose power tonight, right? Anybody worrying about it? If you are, we're going to talk about that today because we can get through it. I understand that it's coming. I'm prepared as best as I can for it. I got plenty of wood in. If the juice goes out, we'll cook on the stove. We don't have much water. Well, you know what? We don't have to have a whole lot of water. We live in the country. We got a lot of trees and brush. Do I need to go deeper to explain that one to y'all? We're good to go. We got bottled water out in the in the in the garage and and, and it'll be cold and you know, so if the well's not going to work, that's okay. We can manage. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not worried about it. I realize there's some trees close to my house that are pines and the ground is saturated and a puff of wind could come and really, then it won't matter if I got heat or not, if I got a hole the size of a, this church in the side of my house, but I'm not worrying about it because there's some things that I couldn't prepare for. So I'm trusting God. I'm going to just trust God. How about you? So we got a lot that we can sit and worry about, and these things can drag us down and pull us down, but worry is, a, is not a good thing. Now, that doesn't mean that the Lord's not saying that we shouldn't plan. The Bible clearly teaches about reaping and sowing, right? I mean, here, here's a good one. There's a fellow by the name of Joseph. You remember the fellow that read the dreams? You remember him, many color, coat of many colors? Pharaoh's having his dream. He don't understand it. Now, Joseph, he's been through a pretty rough bout. He's thinking, I'm supposed to be like, God's supposed to use me for something big, but I've been in an awful lot of trouble. He's still hanging on to the Lord, but he goes and interprets this dream, and the interpretation of the dream was this. You're going to have seven years of plenty, and then you're going to have seven years of, plan, of famine. What was it? Plan. God's already let you know. It's okay to store up in the storehouses, to get them ready. We've got plenty of grain coming in because here coming up in the next in seven years, we're going to have seven years and we're not going to have anything. So the Bible clearly teaches it's okay to plan. That's not worry. It's okay to plan. It's okay to make a way. I mean, I raised a garden with Carson. Now, last year, I didn't get no taters. I mean, I got a half a bucket full of taters is all I got out of all of them. Ryan eats that much in one meal. But Sweetie's dad had plenty. So every time we've been down there, he's like, you need taters? And I mean, he's got some, I mean, man, these are like, woo, how you grow them that big? Are you cheating or what? But he had taters. Last year, he didn't have any maters. I had maters. Last year, now we're talking about planting a garden now, okay? I want you to get this. I'm just trying to paint a picture for you. This time last year, it was wet. We didn't know if we was going to get stuff in the ground. It probably affected some of our stuff, but on the other hand, we had good tomatoes. My first picking on my beans turned out good, but during that time, it was turning dry. There was no second picking. The point is, is for about $2 a quart is what you buy them at the store, I guess. We put 50-some quarts of beans up for the winter. I don't have to go buy them. But I did my part. God had to do his part. 
You see, he decides whether it gets dry or whether it rains. He decides whether this wind's coming today. Ain't thing one we can do about it, so why are we worrying about it? We don't like the snow, but God made the snow. Better learn to like it. Amen? I mean, you got to stay home for free last week, not feel bad about not coming to church. We didn't have it. It was expected weather. How can I go to church if they're not going to have it? Well, it snowed. And we do that for safety's sake. But God's going to do what God's going to do, okay? And we can trust in him. And I want you to see that. We can trust in him. That's what he's trying to tell us. And it's okay to plan. But you see, if you want to beat worry, you first have to understand and identify what causes it. You got to see that there's a problem. If you don't see there's a problem, then this conversation doesn't need to be happening because it's a waste of your time. But if we see that there's a problem, identify the problem, then we find the solution. And once we find the solution, then we've got to put it into action. Am I right on that? I just gave you about Monday morning when you're sick. Okay, I've got a sore throat. Something's not right. I feel bad. You go to the doctor. And the doctor sticks the thing in your throat and swabs you and says, you got this going on, and here's the solution. It's a piece of medicine. You need to take it for 10 days or 20 days or whatever. He gave you, here's the problem. You realize you got a problem. He gave you the solution for it. Now it's up to you to do it. Does that simple enough for everybody? Now, he can give you the prescription, and if you don't get it filled, you stay sick. If you decide he's a Fruit Loop, then I, I don't understand why you'd pay him anyway if he's going to prescribe and then you're not due. Why'd you waste your time? Well, he told me to take 100 milligrams. I'm going to take 50. Okay. Take what he tells you. He gave you the solution. Let it go Let and, and go through the motions, and therefore we now have the fix. Right? The solution. Everybody hanging with me on this? Because we're talking about worry. And so that's why he, he shows us. We identify the problem. But three things are mentioned here, or four things actually are mentioned here. He's talking about food. He's talking about clothing. He's talking about health. And he's talking about the future. See, in food, you see, if God says he's going to take care of the birds, and aren't you even more special than them, isn't he going to take care of you? Can we not trust that? Then why is it we worry about food? Why is it we, and that's probably not much of a problem for us here in, in, in this community in the States, but for people around the world, they don't know where tomorrow's meal's coming from. They don't have a, a, a basement or, or something that's got canned goods in it that, and they don't have a cupboard that's got anything in it they don't know what's coming tomorrow but they're trusting God will provide we don't get that so much but why do we worry you can apply it to anything here I mean the idea is this what farmer would feed his chickens and let his kids go hungry so if God's the farmer do you not think if he's going to feed the birds he's going to take care of you and me I haven't missed many meals say amen <laughs> oh you either okay I thought you said amen
You see, God's not telling us that we shouldn't have to work for our food. He said he took care of the birds, but have you ever been out on a tree stand and watched the little birdies? Don't they work themselves crazy picking up seeds and things? They're flying all the time. Always pecking around here, there, and yonder. God provides for them, but you don't see that God's making the seeds fall in the nest. Now, I'm going to put you through a test this morning. I believe God will provide for you. A lot of you probably got a little piece of money in your pocket. You're probably going to go eating after church today somewhere, maybe to somebody's house. But the point is, there's going to be some food consumption going on along about 1230 today. Am I correct on that? Probably. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you sit right here in this church and you start praying for God to bring you a steak or a chicken and dumplings or whatever it is that's got your tick on your fancy this morning, you just go right ahead and sit right here. And you let me know when we get back at 6 o'clock tonight for prayer service just how good it was. Anybody want to take that challenge? So we do understand you're going to have to go to it. You see... I can go and raise the stuff. God does his part that it comes up. I can even can it. I cannot make Sweetie go down and get it and cook it. And if I was to get it and cook it, I cannot make her eat it. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And so God expects us to do these things. That's a part of what we do. We are expected to do our part in it. You see, that's not what he's teaching, that we'll just sit here when God will take care of us. Well, you go right ahead and sit here and just see just how skinny you get. You're really going to go through a fast. Sit here until he feeds you. You'll be here Monday when I come through. You'll be here Tuesday when I come through. And by then, you'll be saying, preacher, can you bring me something? Well, I'm not God. <laughs> Does that make sense? And so he, he's not teaching us that we do nothing for our stuff. He's saying, yeah, you do it, but I'm going to provide. The fact that you're able to go get something to eat is the fact that God has provided it. Amen? Whether it be through a job and you can go purchase something or whether you've raised it yourself, God is the one that put it there. And we have to, we have to be able to take that and, and, and put it to good use. You see, he's not telling us not to work. He's telling us in this, don't worry. Amen? He's not telling us don't work. And I, people will get that. And they'll use that scripture. No, God's not telling us not to work. He's just telling us not to worry. He also talks in the scripture about clothing. The lilies of the field. Aren't you more important than the lilies of the field? And yet, whenever he, when he fixes them up, they look better than anything Solomon owned. And yet, it also says they're going to be gathered up and thrown in the oven. They're going to use it to build a fire with. Are you not more important than them? I mean, isn't that what the Bible says? Isn't that the scripture that we get? It's saying that God's going to take care of you. Now, you may not be in a $1,000 Armani suit. You may get tired of looking at me like Ben Lunk, wearing the same thing every week looks like. But I ain't naked. God has provided. It may not be the best. It may not be what you, what you think or, or what, but God has provided. All of us, I'll guarantee you, we've got closets that we've probably got to lean into them just to hang something up, get stuff moved out of the way. 
Anybody, can anybody witness to that one? You got to stand on the drawers just so you can shut them. I mean, you go pull a pair of socks out of the sock drawer and four pop out when you pull one. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because <laughs> we all got the same thing going on, brother. That's what it's about. Got the parrots, got the hole in them. Your, your heel rubs every time you want. Why are you still you're not fixing them? You're still putting them back in the drawer the same way. Huh? I don't know where that came from. That's got nothing to do with the message. But, but God will take care of you. And if you got that hole in your sock, you probably know how to sew and you probably got some needle and thread. It's just a matter you got to do it, right? You got to do it because it ain't going to fix itself. But God will take care of us. That's what he's telling us. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry about this. He talks about our health. It says in here that who can change his stature. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, I don't think that word is so much talking about how tall we are. I think it's talking about our lifespan. You see, worry won't make you taller. Ryan, where you at, son? You'd love to be taller and be a better basketball player. You worry about all you want, but it ain't going to make you grow. It's genetics, boy. <laughs> worry ain't going to do it. Worry won't do it. Worry is not going to give you a longer life. Now, you can worry yourself to death, but I've never heard of anybody worrying themselves to life. Huh? You can worry yourself to death, though, because there are consequences with worry. But he's telling us, you can't add to your days. You can't add any of this by, by worrying. You're not going to make anything happen. You see, worry is hard on us. He's not telling us that we shouldn't eat right. Oh yeah, you should eat right. Otherwise, you may live a long life and the last 20 years of them be miserable because you didn't take care of yourself. He's not telling us that we shouldn't get plenty of rest. Well, I don't have time. Well, you better make time because it's going to catch up to you someday. God's not telling us that. that. Well, God put me in this position. No, God put you in a position to hold a job down. He didn't tell you to work 24 hours a day. Because he said you're supposed to rest. He rested, now we're supposed to rest. He's not telling us that we shouldn't do these things. He's telling us that we shouldn't worry. Don't worry. He talks about the future in here. About tomorrow. You see, we're not supposed to borrow the trouble from tomorrow and bring it over to today. The sun's shining out today. What if it's cloudy and nasty tomorrow? Do you want to borrow those clouds and pull them over here and knock today's sunshine out? And so he's telling us, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got its own trouble. I want to read some facts to you real quick. 40% of what people worry about never happens. Now, I don't know how they did this. These are scientists people, but it sounds about right. I worried about a whole bunch of stuff that I just know was going to happen never happened. So I stayed awake for nothing. Got all upset for nothing. 40% of what people worry about never happens. 30% of what people worry about has already happened. Hey, you can't change yesterday. It's done, come and gone. 
Why are you worrying about it? It's already happened. You can't prevent it. You can't change it. You can't do anything about yesterday. There's some things I wish I'd have done different yesterday, but I can't worry about it now. I don't get a do-over on it. So why am I worrying about it? I can't do nothing about it. I can't change yesterday. 12% of what people worry about is criticism. What others think or say about you. Comes back to the clothing sometimes, eh? 12% of what we worry about is what others are thinking and saying about us. And we'll get all upset over it. Have you ever thought somebody said something or done something about you? You just know what they're thinking. I've saw that look before. And they're thinking about next week's ball scores. <laughs> Ain't even thought nothing about you, but your mind just gets, bam, it just gets caught up. And therefore, it's double-minded. You can't be thinking about God and doing that. 12% is what others will say about us. And most of it's untrue. Sit and listen to people talk to you about other people. Am I right? We're going to touch a little on gossiping right now. Two people's got trouble. Now, I'm an old investigator kind of guy at heart, right? So you know where the truth lies. You got to hear all stories, all sides. Because the truth will be the stuff that lines up. Because everybody, 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 if they ain't careful, will embellish the story into their favor. I believe something called guile fits in there, doesn't it? So, you hear the story. Now, if you want to believe that it's true, you will believe it's true. And you'll remember every word of it. If you don't want to believe it's true, you're liable to get yourself in trouble because now somebody's giving you a good warning, but you just refuse to see it. The place where you find truth is you interview this guy, see what he tells you. You can get a feel for where he's going when you're talking to him, and then you can interview this guy and see what he tells you. You can get a, kind of get a feel for where he's leaning. But in the differences of their stories, it's going to tell where they're leaning. The similarities of their stories, the facts, particularly if you ask it more than once or ask it a different way or ask it three days from now because you know most lies cannot be remembered perfectly in three days. Did you know that? Truth will always stand. Tell a lie, ask it again three days from now differently than what it was, see what kind of answer you get. Watch the Bibles roll around trying to find, what did I say about that? Uh-huh, you don't have to remember nothing. You just tell the truth. But somewhere in what these guys say, truth lies. And that's where the real picture lies. You understand what I'm talking about this morning? I don't know why we went down that road just now. Where was I at? Worrying, worrying about what people have to say or think about you. Did you ever have a time in ministry you worried about what people thought about you and what they said and things like that? And then did you finally get to a place to where you're like, yeah, it don't matter? <laughs> yeah, he's got one foot in heaven already. <laughs> he's like, say what you want to say. <laughs> but you want to know something, that's a good place to be. 
That's a good place to be because you're not going to worry about a whole lot of stuff that ain't even real. Remember what I said, 40% won't worry about stuff that ain't going to happen anyway. But you'll find that that's what happens. Now, we just did criticism and we did uh, 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 stuff that never happens and stuff that's already happened for 30, 40, there's 90. 10% of what people worry about is their health. Let me ask you something. Is worry going to fix it? Okay, so now we got 92%. That means there's actually 8% left over for real problems. Let me ask you, is worry going to help it? Planning? Yeah, we can plan. We can learn from old mistakes, but worrying is not going to fix it. So don't worry. We should not be worrying. Worrying is a bad thing. It's a futile thing. It got foggy last night. Here's a, here's a fact that you didn't know, and I wanted to make this good and clear. If you take a city block, and you take seven city blocks, and you go down through there, seven, you know, probably roughly a mile and a half. So let's take down by the river, Stanton River down here, going down 43, and call that a city block, and it gets foggy down through there. And say that you, you're coming off the hill, you see the fog, it's 100 feet high. Do you know how much water it takes to make that fog? We're talking a mile and a half, 100 feet high, wide as it is from Stanton, you know, the river down there over to the, to the road. You know how much water it takes to make fog? I mean, I'm, I'm talking a thick fog. Have any idea how much water it takes? You're going to be blown out of your mind. You'll be researching it. I know you will. You'll be researching it today. It takes one glass. It gets split up into all these millions, millions times of little bitty molecules. That one liquid glass of water now becomes the gas. It takes one glass of water to make a real thick fog over that size of an area. I mean, you could take a couple of five-gallon buckets and just fog in Lynchburg Airport. Huh? You see, worry is just like the fog. It will permeate your life to where you can't see. You can't see the Savior. You can't see the answers that he has for you. It'll just keep building and building, and all you can see is the fog. That is exactly what worry does. Next time you see fog, get your glass out, catch a bunch of it, and see how much you get. I mean, we had snow last week, right? Yeah, see how much you got whenever you go inside by the fire and it, it works itself down. How much you're going to have in that glass? It ain't going to be a sip. But we had snow, right, the other week? And that much water makes that much snow. So it's all, we can go the other way with the water. I want you to see worry is a bad thing. Worry will hurt us. Worry is harmful to us. Worry will take us to a place that we, we, we just can't see what God's doing. We can't focus on Him. Worry is useless. What do we do with useless stuff around the house? We take it to the dump. Those of us that are greedy try to sell it to somebody else and expect them to feel that they need it. Well, if it was useless for you, it's useless for them. Huh? Worry is useless. It's no good. You see, there's two things that you should never worry about. Things that you can't do anything about and the things that you can do something about. You should worry about neither one of them. 
Because, see, there's a solution sometimes. Find the solution. Seek until you find the solution. Don't worry about it and then put it to action. And the stuff that there is no solution, don't worry about it. It's taking up your time. How many of you have got valuable time? Can I see your hands if your time is valuable because I'm 10 minutes to 12 and you're going to let me know in 10 minutes how valuable your time is? Huh? Your time is valuable, right? Anybody go and work for free? No. You got to pay me. Whatever we agree upon, a dollar an hour or $10 or $100 an hour, well, you got to pay me. That's my time. Then don't waste your time on worry. It's worthless. It's useless. And it's harmful to us physically, emotionally, spiritually. spiritually it, it's rough on us. It's what it, worry does to our bodies and does to us what sand does to equipment. It's small, it's tiny, you can't see it, but you get it in there and don't take care of it, don't keep your stuff greased, it will break down. You got to keep it clean. You got to keep the junk out. Huh? Worry is just like that in our bodies. It's harmful to other people. Have you ever known somebody, as soon as they walk in a room, it just gets dark? You ever know people like that? I mean, they come walking at you, and you're like, oh, oh, how do I get away? Because it's just dark all the time. They worry about everything. And they want you to worry with them. Huh? Misery loves company. <laughs> That's a pretty cool thing right yonder. <laughs> I'll pray with you about anything you want, but if we all the time talking about and worrying about stuff like that, I get to see who's calling. And I get to decide if I'm going to answer it just yet or not. Because I might not have time to worry with you right now. I might be doing something that's really constructive. Come on, folks, get with me on this. You know I'm talking right. Uh-huh. I'll worry with you on some of these. I'll pray with you on some of these things, but I ain't going to worry about it. I will pray with you. I'll pray that you can see the light. I'll pray that a, a solution will be there. I'll give you everything that I possibly can. I'm going to talk to the Lord about it. And, and if you can't hear from him, maybe he'll tell me and I can tell you. Or, or bro, maybe Brother Murphy can tell you. But the thing is, we want to have the answers. But worry, it affects other people. You ever got caught up in somebody else's worry and then wake up one day and say, why am I worrying about this? You ever done that? I have. Just get caught up in other people's worry. But worst of all, folks, worry hurts the heart of God. Matthew 6 and 30, now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Listen at this, O oh, you of little faith. Worry is an insult to God. Romans 8, 28, what's it say? Called according to his purpose. You know what worry does with that piece of scripture? It tells God that he's a liar. Let me say that again. All things work for good for those who love the Lord and for those who are called according to his purpose. All things. I don't care what you're going through. It works good. He's going to work good if you love him, if you're called according to his purpose. And when we worry, we're telling God that's not true. 
telling him he's a liar. Isn't that what it is when you tell somebody it's not true? I mean, it's a nice way to say it, but in essence, it's, you're lying. I can't trust you. I can't trust you. And we all, man, man, listen to everybody that quoted it just now. Everybody knows that scripture. But when we worry, our actions tell us we don't trust God. And the people of this world, they're, they're the ones that do that. They're the ones that worry about what they're going to eat. We should not be acting like the people of this world. I understand there's issues in our nation. I understand there's issues around the world. Give it to God. Pray about it. Ask him to give us leaders that will do it. Ask him to have leaders that will stand up and do what needs to be done. But don't worry about it. You worried about the border? Don't lose sleep over that border. That border's just fine. We got a God who's on the throne. Am I right on that? Well, why are we worrying about well, I don't want this. Well, maybe God does want this. You ever think of that? Because sometimes we can get to the place of hatred on people and now we can't do God's work. That's a whole other story for another time. Amen? There's not a person coming up from the south that don't need to be saved and God wants them. Can I get a witness on that? He wants every single one of them. Uh-huh. He does. So don't be get caught up in that worry. That's the tricks that the devil gives. He tries to take us on these roads and so that we will be worried. I told you you got to find what the cure is and put it to work. Look in verse 32. For after all these things the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles worry about everything. People who don't know God worry about everything. Let me say it again. People who do not know God worry about everything. I'm going to say it one more time. People who do not know God worry about everything. Pastor, that's a big statement to say. I didn't say it. The Bible did. That's what the Gentiles seek for these things. That's what he says right here. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. There's the solution. He knows. He cares. Did he not send Jesus to die for us? While we were yet sinners, he came and he went to the cross for us. He loved us, what? Before we loved him. We can trust him and he knows. There ain't nothing you're facing right now that he don't already know about. He's already got a plan for it. He'll get you through it if you'll just hang on and follow him through it. He knows and he cares. Now if the people sitting here today don't know who Jesus is, that doesn't mean anything to you. First and foremost, you've got to get right with God before any of the rest of it matters. Well, I'm going to pray I get a job. Don't bother if you don't know who Jesus is because his main concern today is that you get saved. His main concern today is that you have a relationship with him. He don't care whether you're making $5 an hour or $150 an hour. His main concern is, is that you know who he is. Save your time on the prayer. Get to know who he is because he ain't listening. But if you know him, if you really and truly know him today, there is nothing, nothing, nothing in this world that we need to be worrying about. Amen? Amen. Because it's sin. It's sin to worry. 
Don't worry. He knows. He knows you and me better than we know each other. So stop worrying. You say, well, preacher, that's easier said than done. Only if you want to hang on to that crutch. Huh? Am I right? You want to hang on to the worry crutch, the first thing's out of you, yeah, but that's easier said than done. It's only easy when the flesh is hanging on. It's only hard to follow the Lord when the flesh is hanging on. It's easier said than done. That's the excuse. Let me ask you this morning, do you trust God? Do you trust God this morning, church? Wake up. We're getting ready to walk out and go home. Do you trust God this morning? Do you trust God this morning? Do you trust God this morning? Then when you walked in here worrying about something, I invite you to come and leave it. Because if you trust him, he already knows about it. And you have no business worrying about it. Because he will work all things for good. 